Good morning. This is Tommy Ray, and we are in episode 33 of Water Rights, Laws, Guns, and Money. Today, we're going to concentrate on the money part of this podcast. Costs for new water projects depend, of course, on the size of the project. Smaller ones may cost $2 million, and larger ones $2 billion. So where the heck do the sponsors, usually cities or towns, come up with that kind of money? And some need funding immediately. Well, the state or federal government is always a source. They often offer grants or low-interest loans to kickstart a project, particularly water projects. Front-end money is always hardest to obtain and is the riskiest. Proponents of a new project have to do preliminary engineering and preliminary environmental analysis to show that the project is feasible. That takes money. If the project is not feasible, this money is down the drain. If it were privately financed, the investors would demand a very large rate of return on this risk money. They would probably demand a 40% or more rate of return and possibly a large ownership in the project. But if grants can be obtained, there is no large return on money and no ownership request. If the project is not feasible, the grant money does not have to be repaid. Let's look at two projects, a small one and a couple of large ones so that you might understand where money comes from to develop them. Dove Creek, a town in southwest Colorado, came close to running out of water this year. The Colorado Sun, an online newspaper, ran an article in its October 29, 2021 edition about Doves Creek's problem. Running out of drinking water was once unthinkable for Dove Creek. Not anymore. A multi-year drought of poor snowpack in the San Juan Mountains has depleted McPhee Reservoir. Yes, water levels fluctuate, but years of shortage have taken their toll. McPhee had about 100,000 acre-feet of carryover water in 2020. It had one-tenth of that this year. A canal that delivers water from McPhee to Dove Creek and farmers was shut down months early this year, leaving the town on track to run out of potable water around March. Dove Creek has a population of about 600 people. In normal times, water to irrigate 29,000 acres of farmland flows through the Dove Creek Canal six months out of the year. The small quantity destined for the town hitches a ride on top. Dove Creek's water travels 30 miles in the canal. That's okay, but the town is tethered to the irrigation season that runs from around May to October. While the canal is running, Dove Creek tops off a storage reservoir in the fall with water they use for the rest of the year. The system works fine as long as the canal runs, 
But this year, with little snowpack, a hot, dry spring, and two years of scant runoff, the water level in the McPhee Reservoir was some 40 feet below average. There was too little water available to keep the canal running past summer. Farmers got just 8% of their usual allotment of water. Once the ag water was delivered, the canal was shut down in early July. At that point, Dove Creek knew there would be a problem. In fact, a crisis. As usual, the town had filled its 100-acre-foot reservoir with enough water to last nine months. But it happened three months early, meaning the town was on track to run out of water by spring. The potential calamity was averted when the canal reopened to make an emergency water delivery to the town, the first time such a step has been taken in the system's two-decade history. Because it was now a dry ditch and their water was not hitching a ride on top of ag water, the town had to buy twice the water it needed to wet the ditch and get water to the town. A dry ditch sucks up a lot of water. The town is now looking at two options. Both projects are costly and will take time to construct. First, they will try to build a second storage reservoir for $1.6 million that could ensure the town has a year and a half supply of water on hand. But where is this money coming from? The town has received an $800,000 grant from the Colorado Water Conservation Board to build a second storage reservoir and hopes to get a loan from the state agency for another $800,000. Second, they are also trying to line up funding to pump water directly from the Dolores River. This will be too costly to quickly set up. Nearly $1.8 million has been earmarked in federal appropriations legislation for the Dove Creek Water Pumping Project, but the measure has not passed. It is estimated to cost $2.2 million in all. So a $2 million project spread over 600 people is about $3,500 assessment on each resident, or about $14,000 for a family of four. The cost of adding or upgrading infrastructure can be out of reach for cash-strapped small towns. So both the state and federal government are a source of funds for those projects. And of course, if the town were to grow, they would need a new water supply, which also costs even more. The predicament in Dove Creek illustrates the urgency of preparing for a time when a changing climate makes water resources more unreliable. According to the sun, this is a harbinger of things to come. As climate changes and extreme weather events occur more frequently, many more small towns will face water shortages in the future. They should start planning ahead for projects and funding sources. Neil Grigg, a Colorado State University civil and environmental engineering professor, 
said there are about 50,000 community water systems across the country, many of them small and with little ability to take on expensive infrastructure projects. Those systems are particularly vulnerable to disruptions brought on by drought, climate change, and natural disasters. A wildfire can fill up a reservoir with silt. A flood can wipe out a pipeline. A water system can run dry during a drought. Small towns that rely on surface water are especially challenged. Droughts bring water shortages, while high water years cause flooding that can wash out older infrastructure and lead to water quality problems. Small systems may face local opposition to raising taxes or finding other funding to make their water supply more reliable. Others are flying by the seat of their pants, fixing problems as they come along rather than taking on the long-range planning that large water supply utilities do. What would you do if you were manager for a small town that has limited financial resources? Not a very desirable job. You're damned if you do and damned if you don't. So that's the tale of a small project. Now let's look at larger projects and where the money might come from. You know that President Biden's American Rescue Plan Act of 2021 was signed into law March 11, 2021. The $1.9 trillion package includes water project, but also a host of other projects, all of which will want front-end money. In a major victory for America's counties, the legislation includes $65. billion in direct, flexible aid to every county in America. These direct funds are allocated based on the county share of the U.S. population. Let's look at what is happening in Douglas County. The county share of the $65 billion is $68.2 million. Douglas County is asking for ideas on how to spend its share. So far, $280 million in proposals have come in. These include water projects, broadband, economic recovery, and mental health delivery systems. According to the December 11, 2021 issue of the Colorado Sun, too big and controversial, Colorado water projects want to tap into Douglas County stimulus funds. They are itching to get going on their long-sought dam and pipeline dreams. They want to be first in line for Douglas County's $68.2 million in stimulus money. An $828 million, two-reservoir, 125 miles of pipeline project led by Parker's Water Department wants 20 to $30 million of Douglas County stimulus to jumpstart the engineering and environmental work. The project would pull junior water rights off the South Platte River near Sterling in high runoff years, fill the new reservoirs, and pipe drinking water down to high-growth cities such as Parker, Castle Rock, and others. 
A second big request on Douglas County's plate is a $20 million bid from Renewable Water Resources, which has raised near unanimous opposition to its proposal to buy up San Luis Valley groundwater, pipe it over the Front Range, and sell it to drinking water providers in Douglas County and other growing communities. These big water diversion projects are certain to stir up political and environmental controversy. Surely, some environmental groups will find these projects ecologically unsound. There is a long road ahead for both projects. Rivers are sacrifice zones for Colorado's unsustainable growth-obsessed economy and culture, said Gary Walkner, who has fought other big diversions like the Northern Integrated Supply Project and the expansion of Gross Reservoir on behalf of Save the Pooter and Save the Colorado. The Colorado Water Plan codified the concept of trying to drain every drop of legally allowed water out of every river before it reaches the state line, Wachner said. The South Platte is already a low-flowing, polluted mess, he added, and the latest diversion proposal would only make it worse. The ambitious multi-county water projects could be in for disappointment. County officials are not sure yet what restrictions the U.S. Treasury would put on stimulus spending. County staff has asked the Treasury Department to provide more guidance on, for example, whether Douglas County's share of the stimulus could be spent in other counties for sprawling projects like these two water diversions. Leaders of the water diversion projects say an award from Douglas County would help Front Range community leaders begin to solve their burgeoning growth problems. Many Douglas County communities rely on tapping the depleting Denver Basin Aquifer for drinking water supplies that are not renewable, and most have sought renewable sources from mountain rivers filled by melting snowpack. Parker's proposal, a joint project with the Lower South Platte Water Conservancy District and Castle Rock's Water Department, notes that population growth in Parker alone will balloon the city from 60,000 residents to 160,000 in coming years. The South Platte diversions would fill two new reservoirs to be built in farm and ranch country straddling Interstate 76, one called Iliff and the other in a Phase two, called Fremont Butte. Parker is a large city with a large cash flow from its existing water system. Plus, Parker now charges $42,000 to hook up to its water and sewer system, so new growth will help pay for the project. But it's a two-edged sword. More houses mean more income for projects, but more houses require more projects. Parker has bought up agricultural land and water rights around the South Platte 
and also filed for recent junior water rights for river flows. These junior rights can only capture water during high water years. Despite drought on the western slope, relatively high runoff in the South Platte Basin meant that if the reservoirs existed, the junior rights could have substantially filled them this summer, said Parker Water and Sanitation District Manager Ron Redd. Agreements with the Lower South Platte District would supply agricultural water back to local farmers in dry years, Red added, saying the project is not the much maligned buy and dry of farmland. An initial infusion from Douglas County would be used to buy up property for the reservoirs, complete engineering, and continue environmental studies. As for competition from the San Luis Valley pipeline, Red said, we're not real fans of the project. There are too many political hurdles to the proposal, and the San Luis Valley is already suffering from water depletion, Red said. It will take more than that level of criticism to deter renewable water resources which has been looking to sign paying customers for its proposed pipeline out of the San Luis Valley and into expanding front-range communities. An agreement using stimulus money would give Douglas County access to needed water at less than half the rate of forty dollars to $50,000 per acre foot being asked of many municipal water buyers says Renewable Water Resources spokesman Sean Duffy. There's that opportunity to invest very low for a very high-quality water product, Duffy said, and those numbers are not going to stay put forever. Drawing on the San Luis Valley water supply, which Renewable Water Resources claims, would not diminish groundwater there, largely solves the need at a significant below-market rate, he said. Former Governor Bill Owens is part of the Renewable Water Resources Partnership. Some Douglas County officials, Duffy said, have been receptive to a proposal that's been designed very, very intentionally by people who've been in Colorado for a long time and understand water and why people get worked up about it and rightfully so. So that's how large projects get off the ground. They need stimulus money to do more front-end work and possibly even more marketing of the project. To me, the Parker Project seems to have a lot of engineering hurdles to overcome. The San Luis Valley Project has considerable local opposition. There were two previous private projects to attempt to bring water from the San Luis Valley, American Water Development, Inc., AWDI, in the 1980s, and the Stockman's Water Project in the early 2000s. Both failed, and the private investors lost the money they had put up. So now along comes government money that, Renewable Water Resources will try to use 
to get their project going. We'll see. I know these water officials are trying to satisfy a demand that exists now and will continue growing. Everyone is trying to avoid buying dry, but buying dry is on the horizon. As I have stated before, many farmers are willing sellers at the right price. So let the free market system work. The farmers have the water. Is it the best use of Colorado water? Time will tell. Thanks for listening. I can be reached at Tommy at NoWater.com. That's K-N-O-W hyphen water dot com. If you want to comment, I enjoy hearing your thoughts. And to those of you who have bought me a cup of coffee, thank you. I appreciate you letting me know that you think this podcast has improved your water knowledge. Water continues to fascinate me. We will continue to explore together. But for now, let's go listen to our favorite mountain stream. See you next time.